they knew they knew that terrible things would happen to them they all knew that terrible things would happen to them yet they went on this centuries-long mission anyway <clears throat> the indenju of Ethiopia have gone on a centuries-long mission anyway in the face of great difficulty that would last thousands of years and one modern linkage in comparison modern linkage to the indenju of Egyptiopia are the mythical ninja from Japan who supposedly have lineage coming from parts of Japan called Iga and Koga and the ninja are very popularized in fantasy and spoken a lot about in lots of action fantasy and sci-fi and so the basic of what we know of them is that they are typically masters of disguise or night fighters who are skilled in martial arts and you know they're basically you know cat burglar style acrobats you know of legend and you know usually employed as assassin assassins supposedly you know uh, there are nemesis were the the samurai and all that <clears throat> and the ninja were uh, descended from the chinese diaspora that led to the seeding of the han ethnic people in what even has the name hanguo or the the han country uh korea and japan and the ninja in china were before something like moshunaren or uh or magic men <coughs> and you know these magic men it was a title and they pretty much did it all they were highly skilled which is a getting closer to the concept of ninja mind control in the way that most people would understand it which another way that people could understand ninja mind control from fantasy and science fiction is is the the uh hip the vampire trance or the hypnotic stare of the vampire or vampire hypnosis or vampiric hypnosis you know where in the older films especially of vampires and I don't know of any really newer ones but most of them have the concept that vampires can hold a person in a trance so which reminds me 
comically enough, of the uh, telepathic spiders in one of the episodes of uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, those telepathic spiders would, would uh, lure people in their webs for later consumption. So this kind of mind control, you know, goes beyond that kind of uh, metaphysical uh, explanation. It's more about uh, about ledger domain and misleading, misdirection, sleight of hand, uh, psychological operations, those type of things. And it also has to do with what people talk about certain things from the the so-called Oracle of Delphi, uh, which is uh, know thyself. And this is one of the biggest components to be explored in mind control of any kind, regardless of whether we want to call it ninja mind control or indenju mind control or not. So going back to the origins again, even further back <clears throat> and understanding this. So first of all, like Oracle at Delphi, and many of the things that we understand nowadays, even things like hypnosis, have further roots in Egyptopia, which, by the way, Egyptopia is a combination name of many places that, in, that include but are not limited to what we now know as Egypt and Ethiopia, and there are other countries, Uganda and Angola, and several other places that were part of this these United Nations, these matriarchal United Nations in what is now known the continent of Africa. And uh, so, you know, for example, one line that we can directly follow back is that the ancient Egyptian language and the religions then later became Arabic and Hebrew, which then informed those respective uh, religions that are mainly dominated by that language, which are Arabic, of course, Islam, and uh, Hebrew, which is Judaism. And then following that, uh, and maybe even moving concurrently along with what well, actually came after, from directly from the uh, Hebrew language would be, I'm sorry, from, yeah, from Hebrew, so you got Arabic, Hebrew, uh, and then following Hebrew, you would get uh, a Greek, which you can easily follow from the first four characters or letters of the Hebrew alphabet, or Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Talet, which we get uh, uh, in Greek, it's Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, or the sounds A, B, G, right? A, A, B, G, D, right? Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Talet, or Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, which then informed the the language and the religion and gods of uh, of Rome, uh, which then eventually turned all those things over into uh, Catholicism and then Christianity with syncretism and such things. Now, the mind control aspect will I just trace back how to do with the Oracle of Delphi, which is no thyself, which is the biggest component here and what we're speaking about 
when it comes to any kind of mind control or brainwashing or any type of self-control in general. And the Ndenju of Egypt, Ethiopia, which are the ancient uh, ans which you know the ancestors of these different kinds of these other titles like magic men and ninja which were specific types of jobs that were used as a and a as a physical uh, internet um, in days of past in conjunction with other practices and that were also uh, conducted in cooperation with natural systems that are both uh, plant and animal, including, of course, the insects uh, subclass of the animal kingdom <coughs> or suborder. I forget which one it is. But uh, so the ancient internet system also consisted of many different types of what we could also look at as which and is, is synonymous with sign language because for example something like american sign language is only a small subsystem of a larger what could be called sign language a language that is could be looked at as the the kind of random walk that bees do the dance that bees do to to distribute information to other members of the colony uh, by movements of the body it's a, it's analogous to that and so that system comprises of so many things um, it's not there are silent completely body language and hand systems and even ones that have to do with movement of the eyes <clears throat> and complete communication systems that could be considered lip reading because they're completely different positions of the lip teeth and tongue um, that also can spell out entire different kinds of alphabets or symbols and things like that for those adept in the system. Uh, but also uh, that's another component of the these different types of indenju mind control or uh, ninja mind control, which more people would probably be able to relate to uh, just as far as any kind of historical context. But these things really all come down to uh, control of oneself and mind control basically is of one's own mind and be, and knowing oneself uh, ultimately leads to that type of control through practice and so in this space we continue to see now these matriarchal nations that were interconnected and called Egyptiopia because those are were some of the communications hubs as well uh, for certain parts of the world because they shared landmass with potential what were already known to be hostile uh, forces. And again, from when I opened up earlier and I spoke about how the Indenju of Egyptiopia basically volunteered for thousands of years and centuries upon centuries of discomfort uh, but it was all a dictate and and different mandates that were passed down to perpetuate a ruling elite class from behind the scenes 
Um, and so you have, and it, and it all comes from these, uh, primordial, these, these first nations that, uh, set these plans into motion a long time ago because of foreseeing in many different, from many different sources, what, uh, uh, what different, uh, situations, um, which could be called political situations and just a global, excuse me, <coughs> that uh, different global interactions would be happening because of the, the increasing uh, connectivity of the world and seeing what happens on a, on a small scale when different nations meet and then that are closer neighbors and then extrapolating that out for what could possibly happen and also seeing what happens when interacting with other nations. So these, uh, these first nations, we're going to continue to call them Egyptiopia, uh, first set out to explore. Now, it's not clear which one of them uh, set out to explore, but it is certain that they had several different classes uh, that went out, and because of a previous experience that there always had to be uh, a, a warrior class that was that was educated in many different systems but the first system was in that of of sustenance of basically how to survive it's like it was basic survival how to obtain water and food and clothing and shelter in that order and how to make sure that all of those things are safe. So water, food, clothing, and shelter. So they were skilled in, the, in those things. And then after that, how to strengthen and heal the body uh, from first strengthening the body to, 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 uh, to make it more formidable against illnesses, right? And then that also is kind of, is also, uh, overlapping with the, remember, the water, food, clothing, and shelter portion of, of their training and knowledge. And the heal, the strengthen and heal comes from that. And then there's a second part of healing, which is healing from illness and injury. And that's also with the use of hydration and herbs and different forms of rest and meditation and even exercises as well in different and that's even when there's there are injuries there are physical exercises for injuries and of course then uh learning how the body is put together for all of the healing also then very easily informs the warrior of how to take the body apart and so it starts with first concepts and different types of meditations which could be talked about as as you know, at first there are different guided meditations, and then hypnosis, and then and then there's self-hypnosis and meditation, <clears throat> and but then these are all concurrently going along, along with the the survival techniques of of, of obtaining water, food, uh, clothing, which is which often involved creating, mending, sewing, putting together 
your own clothing, basic clothing, and building uh, temporary and more permanent shelters for housing. Um, and then, of course, the then the next thing was strengthening, right? So these are also physical exercises and meditation, strengthening the body, and then there's healing the body. Uh, and the healing, of course, is from illness or injury. The strengthening the body is preventative to prevent injury and illness. And then there's the heal, which is to strengthen from injury and illness. And again, these are emotional injuries too. There are ways that are for healing as well. So they're strengthening uh, physical, mental, spiritual, and healing physical, mental, and spiritual. And But once all of those things are known, including healing, that is uh, basic first aid, all those things like setting bones and using herbs to deal with toxins and poisons, and then also things like basic sewing and uh, stabilizing injuries, uh, even to resuscitation, which was also known back then. Um, there were no... Uh, resuscitative systems that involved uh, mouth breathing that was never a thing it was always compressions chest compressions and uh, then all of those things came first and then it was very easy to then inform how to be a warrior from there but there were other things even then that went before the direct training a lot of the training that were that the Indenju of Egyptopia, uh, the Indenju of Egyptopia endured, um, hold on for a second. So a lot of the uh, the training, a lot of things that the Indenju of Egyptopia endured had a lot of focus. So that. Were, could be compared to like being very Miyagi Do like. If anybody knows about the Karate Kid movies from, you know, back in the 80s and then the TV show called Cobra Kai, which continues on that. But, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi, the teacher of Daniel, who taught Daniel karate, uh, basically started having him do chores, you know, you know, waxing his car, wax on, wax off, and paint the fence. And different things that he taught him that eventually turned into martial arts movements that he had drilled into his body by showing him these tours. And then, of course, the movie was remade with the same name, even though it was in China. Could have been called Kung Fu Kid instead, uh, with uh, Jackie Chan and, and Jaden Smith, uh, where he also did the same thing, where he, uh, Jackie Chan's character, taught. Jaden Smith character martial arts by teaching him different chores so kind of in secret even though these people all knew that they were going to be warriors eventually um, mostly women at first but the work was also balanced uh, the matriarchal system also was very uh, good at delegating and not and basically they always knew how to uh, hire people smarter and better than them as opposed to a lot of patriarchal systems that took over that are mainly ego-driven and will fight to keep the power even though there are smarter and more capable uh, people present who are able to lead much better um, 
and there were other arrangements, but I don't want to get into that political structure right now, just that uh, things were led a little bit more uh, intuitively and um, run a lot more smoothly. And one of the things also, so again, we have the, the, the conceptual things, the, the, the guided meditation and hypnosis and the self-hypnosis and meditation, then going from the survival tactics of getting water, food, clothing, shelter, and then the strengthen, heal systems, right? And then before, there's a little buffer before the, the even warrior training and fighting, which again, they're already being taught all the warrior training and fighting, and they know this, but it's not the at the forefront. And they're not even sure which one of those things necessarily are all going to be used for warrior training. But a lot of people know because there are no secrets. They can see other warriors training. They can hear it. It's talked about. People aren't restricted from having any knowledge. Nothing is hidden. All There, there are no books that are off limits. There's no knowledge that are off limits. Just people uh, are shown that it's, it is good to go through progressive steps to get through things and people are moved up if they've mastered something and not held back because of a certain amount of time or because of a certain color of a belt or because of a certain title or anything like that. People just move through the systems in a specific order but as they are at the, at the speed at which they are able to master it on their own. So if someone wants to take their time, they can take their time. If someone wants to move quickly, they can move quickly and everyone was allowed to do it just as they wanted to proceed through at whatever speed worked for them. Um, And so between that, there were dances that were taught. And in the dances, there were many of these, the dancers were teaching how to use your body in every way possible. It's a very physical thing. And dancing and playing music and singing were a huge part of and basically it was just a way to either meditate with music and singing and clapping and dancing and to also have parties to have fest festivities that could be had every night any night anywhere except everybody was taught to be considerate so there were designated areas where there would be festivities if people were going to be doing them near the villages and small towns and and there were always lookouts and there were always everybody was kept safe and there were always communication systems in place so that these communities always looked out for each other and all of this stuff is integrated and then as you go along you learn learning the dances people start to interact with the dance and again remember it's a language like sign language and so people start communicating with through the dances and then people start turning the turning that type of communication which is basic you know, grammar and logic, and then do, and then rhetoric, having conversations, and having these conversations build up, and you can start to create games, and more dialogue, and then you can build on the dialogue and games. Of course, you know, you can start building all different kinds of elements into the game, and then the the dance and the game become more and more highly evolved, and all of that then is very easily shown how one can be a warrior by having been such a complete person. Because you have all of those other skills at hand to do with whatever you want to do. And then finally, you're shown how any one of those things that you've learned 
from the acquisition of food, water, and the creation of clothing and shelter, to the strengthening and the healing of the body, to having festivities, to learning how to dance and party, which strengthens your physical body, and play instruments for entertainment and for meditation, right, dancing as well, right, to games that can be anywhere from from mating and meditation dances and all kinds of different ceremonies, but training in the physical body, which is a step, one of the steps to go through, right, as rites of maturity and education, that evolve into games and advanced dialogues and, and multi-forms of languages, just like people know different types of coding languages, and there are so many different types of coding languages out there, so there are so many different types of languages that the Indenju of Egypt, Ethiopia were learning. Not only written and spoken, but physical languages, languages of music and number and mathematics, which are all intimately related. And then finally showing how all those pieces can be put together as a warrior. And then these were continued to be proved over and over again in what could be considered to be sparring session. And even the different nations had regular sparring intervals that sometimes that were agreed upon and sometimes were not, were surprise attacks. But these surprise skirmishes were just that. They were no more rough than something like a Imagine if, if, if the UFC were able to have, you know, battle royales like the WWE, you know, where you could have, you know, more than two warriors in the ring. There could be three or four or 20. In this case, in the Egyptian skirmishes and battles, it could be hundreds or thousands. And they had these war games all the time as if they were real warring nations against each other but there was one main difference is there was no intentional killing there was no intentional killing it was a massive live action role playing massive live action role playing and people got hurt like in the UFC People got knocked out, some bones were broken, teeth got knocked out, some people, you know, unfortunately couldn't go on. But there was no stabbing and goring people to death and, and intentionally going to kill people and, and, and pillaging villages and burning things down and, and, and all of this sort of nonsense. But that was within this particular community of Egyptopia. There were other nations in Africa that were not part of this, this consortium. You know, Egyptopia was a very specific thing, which eventually was infiltrated and fell, or at least that's what seemed like at the surface. But the plan, the real ninja mind control, is that these queens... The queens who are the, who are the masters of Indenju, not only in 
the fact that they were the, the matriarchs, the rulers of the empires, but were also the headmistresses, the teachers of the martial arts and the, and the systems of warfare, who were often advised by the greatest warriors in all of the kingdoms, whether they be male or female. They just always look for the best of the best. <clears throat> now, some other things about this is that when more globalization began to happen, even before that term was used in the way that it is in the modern sense, the kingdoms of Egyptopia had already been in many places, one of which was China, the Chinese people who are direct genetic descendants of the Egyptopians from Africa. Um, also, uh, some of the, the red-headed people uh, of Scotland and Ireland, um, as from the Queen Skoda who traveled from Egypt, the red-headed Queen Skoda who traveled and claimed Skota's land, um, and also uh, the uh, King Aturi, uh, King Arthur, who was also, well, anyway, I don't want to um, not uh, go off on that tangent just yet. But uh, anyway, so, so then we have the, uh, but those are, that's just an example, though, of some of the things um, of the, uh, so the Indenju of Egyptopia, who then sacrificed, so first they set up a system a long time ago of slavery. So the uh, Indenju of Egyptopia were the first slavers. Uh, they set up a slave system uh, where they enslaved many people uh, to do a lot of work for them, including constructing massive uh, buildings for various astronomical uh, purposes and, and uh, for for storing uh, knowledge uh, for the use for later generations and for the dissemin dissemination throughout the galaxy and the universe. Um, and so one of the things is the uh, the setting up of the slave system that was then sent out to different parts of the world and the signs of it when it returned the uh egyptopian empresses who and, and the queens the the rulers of these matriarchs uh had then uh secretly went into hiding as of common people and allowed the the uh allowed the transition of matriarchal rule over into patriarchal rule so that it appeared as if uh, men were the dominant gender, if you will. And that combined with the institution of slavery, amongst other things, then set up the perfect disguise for the amongst others, for, for the European uh, 
set uh, conquerors, settlers, and slavers uh, to then do the work of carrying the Egyptian indenju uh, across different parts of the world. And with them, uh, not only their genetics are uh, very carefully embedded into them through the uh, indenju of Egyptian queens, who, uh, for example, had uh, codices that show that they are well aware of how to trace the lineages through female uh, by a genetic form of genetic testing um, that targets amongst other systems. One well-known one is the mitochondria of every human cell that passes on exact copies of, of the mother's DNA and the mother's DNA only to each of her children which only females, which only women can pass on to their children, but men cannot. So if a, if a family, if, if a woman does not have any female children, her genetic line, her line of royalty is broken. But as long as women can, be, can continue to be born in a family, then that line, that genetic line remains unbroken. So the true mark of royalty is the female's DNA. That's how it was passed on. Now, it might seem silly, but the but women <clears throat> in those kingdoms, and I'm going a little bit back and forth, but the women back then also were the ones who selected their mates because they were the rulers, so they could select who they wanted to breed with, basically. And they selected them first, of course, by how they looked. They wanted the most robust, and handsome of the men in that they had to select from and uh, this also is part of those big international games that they would have that I said were these giant skirmishes <coughs> that could be like basically you know they're like football games and or big, like big giant MMA competitions you know They had medics on standby and people to look out for uh, their wounded, and but there were no, there was no intent to kill. Um, but so the, the women would select who they wanted to and would screen them. And so one of the things that they would do, of course, is is they would look at them for looks, and then they would it would be kind of it would be the same thing as as dating to find out how. Uh, how well educated they were and how fit they were and if they they were going through that process where they scored in that process and one of the ways was of seeing that were in these circles and some of these circles then sometimes there was a certain ritual that could be got to in these international games where there would be a big circle and the greatest warriors would then begin these circles by dancing and then the dance would then become a game, and then the game would turn into a brawl, or at least a display of martial arts prowess, which included wrestling as one of the primary, but it was not a, a grappling art, so to speak. They weren't rolling all over the floor with each other. 
it was, they were mainly throws and slams and uh, some basic types of submissions. Um, but they really were going for knockouts with the throws and slams. And yes, people could hit their head. Um, people could also submit. That's where the whole tapping out came from. Uh, and there were some basic gear. There, there actually were mouthpieces and head guards, and the warriors could wear shields. There were various different things that went on in the circles that were agreed upon. Some warriors went against warriors who had weapons. But again, these weapons were not sharp blade weapons. You know, they used sticks, like, with, like long sticks, bow staffs, short sticks in two hands, uh, things that people are calling... Uh, nunchaku these days, right? But so you know, or the shuangjiegun that they're called in China, and you know, whatever. So various different instruments like that, and uh, man, so much. So, but yes, and then the the queens, the empresses, would be able to pick from whoever they wanted to. Uh, also, should they win a competition, if they wanted to, they could select from uh, the other nation's men if they wanted to. But if their men were the strongest and the most handsome and the most favorable, then they would choose someone from there. And there weren't any rules like, oh, just because, because another kingdom married someone from there that they took means that they had any straight, like, you know, binding. There were other different things. And plus, this was all, already you know, uh, uh, an international group that agreed with each other and had these things that weren't killing each other. And it also made them formidable against other nations that didn't do things like this and other nations that that uh, practiced what they, what they themselves considered, you know, undesirable practices like cannibalism and other uh, religious and uh, superstitious things, which they weren't into superstition. Um, they were very scientific people that based a lot of things on, on the mathematics and music and direct communication and exploration, uh, including many different non-physical, metaphysical practices. And uh, so anyway, the infiltration, the, the ultimate mind control, though, the one main thing is that they were always taught from the very beginning is to how, as how to know themselves. And one of the quickest ways to know yourselves is by going through that system is they listen to their body. Are they thirsty? Find water. Are they hungry? Find food. Are they cold? Find clothing, shelter. You know, are they hot? Go find some place to swim and bathe and whatever, right? Uh, to strengthening all the different exercises, which, you know, I, I put laid it out in these steps, but, you know, there's also, you already start dancing as early as you can. So those are the exercises, dancing and playing games and then the martial arts. So I laid it out in a sequence sequentially, but see, that's how time works. But really, in growing up like this, everything was out there. You can start whatever you want. There's suggestions of, of how to go about it and certain ways that you go. But really, all of these things are, are working so fluidly within each other. And all of this to send out their culture and genetics throughout the world and let, allow the work to be done by a people who believe that they're dominating, controlling, and enslaving human cargo all over the earth, which it's not the case. That's just that's what they thought. That's the biggest part of 
of the capoeira mindset too is de is deception. And so now what you have in the world, the, the current result, and this is what I'll wrap up with, and this is like one of the biggest secrets here of all of this and in a martial arts journey that you can eventually find out by studying hypnosis, yoga, and capoeira. <clears throat> now you look at uh, how culture has been so influenced by what people would call black culture, originally from African culture, how people are shaking their butts and how they dance, and all the bass-driven heavy music, the clothes that people are wear wearing, the hip-hop culture, you know, from the jewelry, the hats, the whole style, the everything like that. All the people practicing African dances, African clothes, African colors, hip-hop music, rap music, oh, wow, you know, white rappers and all this, and look, oh, wow, these people doing all this, and, you know, then other people getting mad about cultural appropriation and all this and that. That's the whole plan. The whole plan has been to bring Africa out to the whole world. Those ancient queens and empresses and goddesses of the, the, the universe, that's their plan in the first place. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't know that, but there are a few who do. And some of them are part of some breakaway civilizations, and uh, some of them are not. Some have the knowledge. It's unfortunate that a lot of people, especially people of color, black people, any, any people that seem to be marginalized don't know, women especially. This, has, this is largely about women and people of color and just how a system is set up that, that don't understand that all of this that you're seeing, people need to relax. It's not cultural appropriation. It's an inception. This is all a grand design. And it's coming full circle. All these nations think that they're enslaving Africa even to this day, going there and pillaging and pulling out all the resources, all the gold, or going to Haiti and, you know, siphoning out their mountain of iridium and all this stuff, other stuff like that. It's a, it's a big bamboozle. Everybody's fighting for the dominance of, you know, like, oh, let, you know, free my people, 40 acres and a mule, and, you know, we've been enslaved and all that. It's the, the consortium of those African nations, the Indenju of Egypt, Ethiopia, have planted their seeds and spread them out all over the world and are ruling as a concept and through a matrilineal gene, gene, genealogy, a matrilineal genealogy that's been carefully selected and monitored for thousands of years. Just on this planet alone. And is slowly beginning to show itself in many ways. And because of the fact of its roots being from a mother culture, the way that it will unfold is going to be much more inclusive 
and less marginalizing to anyone. So as there's not going to be some kind of huge backlash of all this canceling of people because they're Caucasian or male or whatever, right? It's inclusive. And at the same time, very exclusive. I know, right? It's inclusive while being very exclusive to how it's managed and by whom. Because of what has been allowed to happen, this grand experiment has shown what happens when you allow certain types of matriarchal rule and influence. And so with that, we're going to see very soon how all of these things unfold. But just remember the ninja mindset, the ninja mind control is really control of your own mind. And it starts with some very, very simple practices. And it's in discovering how to express yourself and be productive no matter what's going on. And it takes training. But it first takes a dedication to perseverance, to deciding that you will attempt to do your best to figure out how to keep going on no matter what happens. You make that promise to yourself from time to time. And you might have a better shot than you did if you didn't make that decision. And you don't need to know the roots of where anything comes from or even if any of that is true at all. Because the idea, the philosophy would be the same no matter what. That it's very important that all of us come to know ourselves more and more and to train to be more capable at all of the things that we are possibly being capable of as far as time permits. And for the fact that there's no real reason not to. What real reason can you come up with not being the best of your capabilities? And there are some situations that are difficult. I mean, there are people that are born in dungeons with some of these fucking psychos that, uh, you know, occupy the living space of us all, right? Who will never hear the voice of anyone rational, let alone my silly voice at all to give them any hope or inspiration of being liberated from the prison, whether it be one simply of mind or one actual physical prison of walls or bars or cages or whatever it is. But we as warriors can be those who learn survival, strengthening, healing, to be able to overflow those types of skills to everyone around us of course, we're all going to have our specialties. And then finally, to see how all those things actually do 
help us become better warriors if and when the, the need arises. That's the ultimate goal of practicing healthy living and self-defense. And lots of step-by-step instructions will be following very soon. You've made it this far listening to me. You wouldn't know, a lot of people may not, or maybe you do, but you can learn a lot simply from listening. Yes, you can learn a whole lot about survival, healthy living, and self-defense simply by listening. You can sit down listening with your eyes closed, learn how to do something, get ready and go practice it, and start to master it through understanding. And there's a way to do that. It's all progressive. Start slowly. Master what you can, but just keep on going. Everybody can do it. We all can. I got to go. I have some clients I need to go see. So I'm going to do that. And then we're going to get back sometime later. Oh, by the way, uh, all my main podcast stuff, there's still so many downloads, binaural beats, all kinds of stuff that's free. Um, you can access it through uniquilibrium.com. And uh, most of it's hosted on Spreaker. There are blogs, podcasts, all kinds of stuff spanning everything from just basic, simple hypnosis all the way to like destroying alien spaceships, if that's your thing. Um, and all kinds of stuff that you don't have to listen to my voice at all. You can download binaural beats and different frequency formulas and listen to them, listen to the sounds of ocean waves and meditate, learn how to lucid dream, all kinds of good stuff. And all that's going to keep coming at you. I'm going to head over and start uh, training my clients. Oh, yeah, 6 o'clock. It's uh, 1438. So, yes, com for one. Go there and... I'll keep updating. Oh, there's a whole really great cache of articles that I just published on uniquilibrium.com that it's pinned to the top and it's all about lots of cool articles from uh, guest authors and content creators that have contributed to a few of my websites. And that's also an invitation to you or anybody you know, if, if anybody creates content like that and you'll see what the whole list is that I have so far and I've got to get to my email and publish and uh, review and publish a few more. If that's something that you'd like to contribute as well, please do. And also, I have another show that I'll be doing uh, that's simply called Communications with uh, two Ks instead of Cs that I would really love to host group talks. Make it a real podcast, right, where everybody calls in. That's what this thing is called, right? Call in, a very cool app. All right. Thanks for listening. I got to get out of here. You picked up some good stuff today and a very interesting story I might add. I'm going to have to listen to that again. I have to write that down. Thank goodness Colin transcribes this automatically. See you on the other side. Until next time.